Hi everyone, my name is Zach Redrup and welcome to the very first episode of the It's Not A Phase podcast. And what a debut I have in store for you. I managed to grab a hold of easily one of the busiest and loveliest guys in pop punk, Jarrett Reddick, frontman for Bowling Pursuit. We cover quite a lot of things, including the band's new album, Pop Drunk Snot Bread, his new solo country album Just Woke Up, yeah, you heard me right, a solo country album, and also how he somehow manages to balance 50 billion things at once as well as just having a normal nice life with his family. But before we get into all of that, let's cover off the no doubt boring but important stuff. If you enjoy this episode and you want to support the podcast, please consider leaving a review wherever it is that you're listening to this. There's also a Patreon, a merch store, or you can follow me on the podcast on social media. All the links can be found at itsnotaphase.co.uk. That's itsnotaphase.co.uk. And with that all out of the way, let's jump right into my chat with Jarrett Reddick here on It's Not A Phase. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to this episode of It's Not A Phase, where I'm joined by Bone Pursuit frontman, recently turned solo country artist and producer, Jarrett Reddick. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. It's not too bad. It's a bit you know, dim and gloomy over here in the UK, but uh, I know you're heading over here soon, aren't you? So you'll yeah. soon see. You guys are used to it, though. I mean, it's uh, that's that's pretty much the way it just is. Yes. I was very lucky. I came over there for uh, C2C Festival in London and uh, to do the country thing. Yeah. And uh, man, we had just sun and uh, it was just, it was glorious. It was yeah. uh, maybe the best weather I've seen in the UK in years. Yeah, we had a heat wave recently, um, but I guess it's nothing compared to the uh, Texas heat that you get over there. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, um, but I, you know, I, I, I sort of am one of those guys that where I, I get it, you know, it's, it's, cause it's what you're used to. Yeah. You know, it's like, for example, you know, in LA, when it, it just sprinkles, they all lose their minds, you know, yeah. a little bit of rain. And so, you know, I get that whenever it's it's hot, uh, uncharacteristically, that, that, that that's a whole thing. And plus, you guys just don't – you don't put air conditioning anywhere. It's freaking bizarre. That's true. Yeah, like all the buildings are built to, like, insulate heat. So when it gets hot, it just stays in. Yeah, so. there's just no – that's the thing is just there's no circulation, no movement. Yeah. And you can feel it. Like, for us, where it's not like that because air movement, because it's it's hot, and, you know, it's, it's, it's either hot or cold here. Yeah. So – the, just the movement of the air is so, you know, important. And so kind of get that right when you step off the plane in the UK. Like you feel yeah. it instantly, you get off the plane in Heathrow and you're like, man, the air is still here. But yeah, man, it's, uh, but definitely understand when it gets hot, when it's not supposed to. That you it's a big are, deal. It's not, a big yeah, deal. Totally, yeah, totally, totally. I get it. <laughs> um, so let's talk about your solo country album. You just put out a few weeks ago, Just Woke Up. Has a country project been something that you've kind of wanted to work on for a while? Uh, I mean, it's to you know, to the casual like pop punk fan, they might think it's a bit strange, but you know, you're from Texas, so it's kind yeah. of you know, yeah, from Texas, definitely something that I've wanted to do for a long time. I mean, you know, there's there's so many things like that you talk about doing, but you know, I'm in Bowling for Soup, and that's my job, you know, yeah. and I of course do other things. I'm a voice actor as well, and and so there's certain things that need my time. But yeah, I'd been talking about doing a country record for a really long time. I uh, I just kind of didn't, I never really knew in what capacity I'd want to do it. Like, would yeah. I start a band? Um, would we do Bowling for Soup Goes Country? And with that, it was like, I don't know. I felt like that would just be seen as very novelty, even if we were serious about it. And so um, that's one thing that quarantine afforded me was the time to 
to just, you know, in fact, I have to give a lot of credit to Zach Malloy, who produced and wrote the record with me for, for really just being the, the voice that just said, look, you've been talking about this long enough. Let's just do it. And, uh, you know, there we went. So that was about a year ago. And uh, it's pretty cool, you know, to to have had a vision like that and to and been thinking about doing something like it, that for so very long. And then to to just be like, OK, let's just it, it feels good, man. It feels yeah. like it, it feels like it needed to happen. I'm really, really glad that it's out there. So are these songs that you kind of you wrote a while ago and sat on for a while for the country project or is it just stuff you had you were working on with Bone for Soup or like how did that kind of come to be, I guess? With the exception of Ohio and the Bitch Song, which are obviously Bowling for Soup songs, and then a song called Drunk As It Takes, which features Frank Turner. Everything was written for this record. Uh, obviously, the, well, and Natalie as well. So to back up, you know, obviously we covered Bowling for Soup's Ohio, Come Back to Texas, and the Bitch Song. And I wanted to do something just to have a little bit of familiarity so that, because everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people approach something like this as going, oh, I hate country. You know, when is the new Bowling for Soup coming out? You know, and it's like, uh, you know, I don't know. Give me, a ch- give me a chance, you know. And then the song Drunk As It Takes, I wrote like 12 or 13 years ago with Zach and uh, a dude named Rodney Clausen who has a bunch of number ones in Nashville. And, and we just, we basically did that song to try and get another artist to do it, but it never happened. So I was like, man, I think that song is still good, you know, uh, and it made a lot of sense on this record. And then the, the finally, Natalie was actually a song by my uh, biological father, who I didn't know who he was until just a few years ago, but he recorded it. Uh, he's not on the planet, but I, he recorded it in 1959 as a, as a young kid. And so uh, sort of just did that as a tribute, so to speak, and really for my sisters who I, uh, who I just found a few years ago as well. So it's quite quite of a uh, personal album as well, then. Some of the for songs. sure, a lot of personal stuff on there. In fact, just at every turn, you know, Zach would come lyrically, and we we wrote the album by sending each other back lyrics and audio files and things like that. And so, you know, pretty much at every turn, he would go, "Oh my god, like that is crazy that you said that," or "Oh my god, that gave me chills." And a lot, and on both, you know, we have a new Bowling for Soup record coming out soon too. Both of them have a lot of personal stuff a lot of reflection and and you know maybe maybe that comes with age maybe it comes from you know my kids getting a little older but i think a lot of it is just that all of us sort of had to take stock of a lot of things the last couple of years yeah. you know with uh, whether it's because we lost someone or whether because our lives you know the rug was pulled out from under us or whatever the case may be i think reflection just sort of was in the air as both these records were being written so did you tackle the, the way that you would write the songs for this solo record? Did you tackle them in a different way that you would typically do a Bone for Soup song? Or was it kind of the same kind of thing, but adapted to the country style that you've gone for? for definitely different. Bowling for Soup is, uh, whether it's me or whether it's me and Linus writing it, our producer and who co-writes with me a lot, or wh- whatever. I actually have a, I wrote one with uh, Joe from Patent Pending on this new BFS record. And Bowling for Soup songs are sort of just built you know, it's like the idea. And then I start just building it on the computer. And by the time I'm done, it sounds like a song. These songs were written, like I said, with Zach. They started with an idea. And then there was like a lyric idea. And then one of us would play something and, and send it back to the other one. And then we, they kind of all found their way into this, onto the cloud. And we went back and forth on them. And But they were never, you know, the, there were never like solid, solid demos made. Just really just acoustic run-throughs. And then another thing that's quite different in country, you just sort of hire a band and they go in and just play your songs for you and then you just sing on top of it. So 
I never even met the guys who played on my album. You know, oh, really? These, these ringers from Nashville that, you know, went in and Zach went in with them one day and they played all 12 songs in one day and then I went and sang it. So a big difference there, whereas, you know, a Bowling for Soup record can take three, four weeks to do. Um, and this one was done just in a matter of days. So that's another string to your bow, I guess, like, you know, experiencing these different ways of producing and putting together these songs. Yeah, and there, there's so many ways that things happen these days with technology and being able to pass things back and forth. You know, it's, it's like even the recording process is so different than it used to be. You know, we don't, a lot of times we're not, you know, we're not ever in, in the same location, all of us together. I mean, this country-wise, it was, uh, it was definitely a lot different. Um, but, you know, it's, you know, modern, modern technology affords us, you know, these ways to do things these days that, uh, yeah. that we wouldn't have been able to do before. Yeah, and I guess that kind of marries over to what I want to talk to you about next, and you kind of touched on anyway, is the guests that you've got on the album. So you've got like Frank Turner, uh, Uncle Cracker. How did they come to be on the album? I guess obviously, like you kind of mentioned, the technology kind of helped if you could do like remote recording and stuff. Yeah, Um, so, um, you know, each is its own little story. Um, You know, Frank and I had been doing a, uh, a weekly thing on Instagram called Back to the Metal, and it was just essentially a 40 minute conversation that he and I were doing every, you know, every week at a certain time where we just, we met up and we just talked about what was going on in our lives or whatever. And, uh, so, you know, I was like, Hey, I don't want to take the piss so to speak, but yes. uh, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of his music as well. And, uh, so I sent him the song and I was like, man, I'd really like you to sing on this. And he was gracious and as always, and, and did it right away and sent it back and, uh, same is true with Uncle Cracker. Just like, uh, you know, I think this would be a great one for you to sing on. What do you think? And known him for years. And then uh, Stefan from The Descendants, same, playing guitar on Natalie. And then Cody Canada, who's a uh, huge Red Dirt star here in Texas, who I've known for many, many years because his former band, Cross Canadian Ragweed, did, uh, we used to do a bunch of shows with them back in the day as Bowling for Soup. So, you know, dear friends that I could call upon and, and, uh, it, you know, it, it, I probably could have not probably, I could have kept going, but mm. I didn't, I felt like if I got too many guests, then I'm sort of starting to pr- approach that whole novelty idea again. Yeah. And so, uh, there's a few, you know, in my back pocket that, that next time I'll be able to ask, but very happy with all of their performances and just the fact that they would all think enough of me to do, to be on this record. And have there been any other like genres and styles of music you wanted to dabble with in the past, like you, you have with country, or do you think it's just going to be the, the country and pop punk thing that you're going to stick to? I think country and pop punk pretty much is it. You know, I mean, I, I have I have another band called Jurinus, and we um we kind of dabble in the metal thing a little bit, you know. And then uh, I have Jarrett and Kelly. We're we're doing more of an Americana kind of record this time. So I have all of the outlets that I really need. I mean, I. I'm not good enough of a musician to put out a jazz record and nor do I have any instrument or any, <laughs> any interest in it as well. So uh, I think I, I pretty much have it covered. I think Bowling for Soup does enough just straight up rock songs that yeah. uh, we kind of run the gamut of that whole side of things. Yeah. And you, you obviously experiment with that band a little bit as well. Like, you know, really cool dance song where, you, yeah. you know, obviously the take on the song is to take the piss out of dance songs and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. It's so funny because the back, the, it's so, I love history is such a funny thing because you can look back on it and 
think back to the way that people reacted to certain things or whatever, but the, you know, just singing about how that song was so funny because the, the label just really did not understand what we were doing. They were just, you know, I, and, cause everybody was so out of touch back then. And I was like, you know, we're making, we're essentially poking fun at all of the bands who are like us that are going to go out and do this kind of music and we can see it coming. Yeah. And of course there it came the bleep, we call it the bleep bleeps and the bloop bloops. Um, <laughs> <Great name. laughs> but uh, you know, you know, that's a funny one because uh, you know, I, and, and again, you, you have to sort of, in, in my world, you have to make fun of things, but not, I'm not really here to hurt anybody's feelings. You yeah. know, like I, I, I want anyone who I'm sort of nudging uh, to, to see the humor and everything. I mean, well, cause we obviously we've moved on to the bone for soup the conversation. And obviously you talked about the album earlier. Uh, yeah. You've got a new record coming out in a few weeks called pop junk, snot bread. Pop drugs, not bread. Yeah, it's hard to say until you get it. Done. It is. It is. I believe. You, did you record that in? Was it September 2020? Is that right? Oh yeah, yeah. Um. So uh, yes, uh, August and September 2020. You know, quarantine had hit. We're we're just you know, it's months and months of not seeing anybody, and you know, our kids being locked up, and really just not seeing each other. And we didn't really have any plans to do an album in 2020 or even 2021. It was really just, you know, we need, we need, we need an excuse to go and spend some time together. So let's just go make a record. And that's exactly what we did. We, uh, we went up to the Poconos, which is where Rob lives and, uh, and locked ourselves in a, in a house that was a mile away from a studio that we went back and forth, no interaction with anybody else and, uh, and made a record. Because it's obviously recorded back then and, you know, it's, it's 2022 now. Has it been something that you've been, you know, sitting on purposely? Because like, obviously with, with COVID and you want to promote and tour it safely and also properly, as opposed to, you know, when, when things towards the start of the pandemic were opening and shutting, opening and shutting so frequently. Not sitting on it. I mean, my plan was to get it out as quick as possible. And so about the time that we released Getting Old Sucks off of that record, you know, like I was like, let's get this thing out in the next couple of months. And then really what happened is, you know, our managers and, and agents, and, and this is fairly common, but started hearing songs and we're like, hey, let's take our time on this. You know, I think this is really, really good. Like, let's not just throw it out there like we have done in the past. Yeah. And being as how we haven't done like a whole album in a long time, I, I was receptive to it. Uh, in hindsight, I wish we had released it back at least sometime last year, even at towards the end of the year. However, um, I get it. I understand why. And, and at the end of the day, it times out really great to be coming at, coming out towards the end of our tour. Uh, and, you know, just before Rob and I are back before just before Rob and I are back for the acoustic tour. And then obviously, you know, we have summer dates that just got announced. So, you know, it, it all worked out in the end. I, I'm not really a fan of sitting on music because yeah. I feel like this day and age attention spans are short enough to where it's like, let's just go, go, go. And I'm fairly prolific in delivering things when I need to. So I, I, um, I don't know whether I'll ever do that again. Yeah. Sort of like make an album and then everybody allow everybody to tell me to, Hey, let's wait, let's wait, let's wait, let's wait. So we'll see, you know, I, I, um, I trust the people around me, but I also, I want to, I want to create music. That's what I do. Cause yeah, you, you kind of touched on it there. Like you guys do put out music fairly frequently, at least compared to like a lot of other bands. Yeah. I think, I mean, you can correct me if my, my math is wrong here, but I think between 
this new record and Drunk Dynasty. I think that's the longest gap you guys have had so far between two two records. Ever. Um, we did manage, though, to put out a lot of cover songs, and we um, we recorded our second greatest hits. Um, actually, I think our I think songs people actually liked. Volume one came out after Drunk Dynasty, but I'm not certain. But um, and you know, we put some other things out. We put out a live uh, a live album and a live yeah. acoustic album, and you know, some stuff. But yes, definitely. I mean, we were on on a roll where we were doing something every two years for a very long time. And the thing is, is the reason that that gap was there is because, as I said before, I, I don't really know that we were living in the world of albums anymore until yeah. we were sort of forced, not forced, but granted the time to do one. I mean, you know, again, yeah. it's it's our, our own thing where it was like, look, we need something to do that brings us together and let's go do this. And, yeah. and uh, it worked out great. And it's your first record with, with Rob, right? Did that whole you know, the new member kind of give you kind of a, a bolt of revitalization and, yeah. you know, getting yeah. rejuvenated. He has, he's sort of done that across the board, honestly. I mean, you know, mm. we, we love Eric. He's our brother, but Rob in, in so many aspects, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's like you get into even just venues or whatever. And, you know, some, somewhere where we've played five or six times, it's new to him. So we get to experience that through his eyes a yeah. lot of times. And, um, yeah, it's pretty cool, you know? And, and yeah. so he, he reminds us of uh, not that I don't think that, it's not that we ever forget. We definitely don't take anything for granted, but I, I think we're sort of just used to things. And, and he's a, he's a very good reminder of how awesome things are a lot of times. Yeah. Um, and he keeps us on our toes too. I mean, we sort of allow him to pick songs for, tours and things like that. And so a lot of times he'll be like, we're going to do this song. And it's like, what? Like we've done that song in years. Yeah. That's why we're doing it. But definitely fun in the studio. And again, he's like up every day, excited to be there, super excited to be working on it. He actually got a couple of co-writes on, uh, on the record, which really, really made him excited. And so, uh, you know, we just, we love our Rob for sure. Just like the the new kid on the block, just wanting to, to play with all the new toys and yeah, yeah, totally, man. Just, you know, it's 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 like you, uh, I'm sure it's like a, a rookie on a sports team where they just have a, a fire to them that really, you know, I think, you know, put, puts a little puts a little pep in the step, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and there's obviously, a, you know, a comedic spin to you guys and, you know, not just in your songs and but on live sets, like, you know, you have the... Uh, the group photos that you do on and some shows and stuff like that. Yeah. I think what's really great about you guys is you do the jokes and you know, they're obvious, but they're also subtle and it's not like an overkill kind of overly <laughs> right. kind of thing. Yeah. Have you ever worked on a song that you thought afterwards is just too silly and just haven't put out there? Man, that's a good question. I don't think so. Um, well, yeah. I mean, we had this one song once, I guess one time we did this song where we, um, so Every single time it would turn from like the verse to the chorus, it would modulate. So it would go up in key every single time. And so the th- they ended up having like 12 key changes. Throughout right. the <laughs> and that was ridiculous. It was actually quite unlistenable. That's kind of the only time. I mean, I'm very careful lyric wise. I mean, it's, you know, actually it's funny. I was just talking about this earlier today. It's like, I think probably from an outsider's perspective, you might look at Bowling for Soup songs and go, Oh, those are probably pretty easy lyrics to write. And I actually would challenge you to try. And mm-hmm. most people that do will say, I don't know how you do that. Because 
as you said, there's a big difference between funny and silly or, you know, just cheesy and or poignant or whatever, you know, and, and it's, it's those subtle things that, that really you have to be able to, to make more grandiose, I guess, so to speak. So, you know, for me, it's something that I've crafted over a long period of time. And so I've had other songwriters go, you know, Hey, I want to write a song with you. I get this idea, you know, it's called my neighbor's a porn star. And I'm like, that is not funny. And it's also, you know, it's, that's a stupid idea. Don't write that song. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so uh, that's the thing is you you want, I want people to laugh, but I also want the songs to be smart. And if they're overtly silly, then it needs to be that way for a reason. You know, like for example, my Wiener has all of the references in there, but you know, some of them are quite, they're very, very well thought out. Yeah. And then some of them are all, 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 you know, obviously just absolutely silly, you know, yeah. um, she's always hanging around or whatever, you know? So, but yeah, I, I, I take pride in, in being able to write smart, funny songs. But you also like touch on serious topics and stuff like that. So, I mean, I was listening to some of your music earlier today, 99 biker friends. Yeah. It's quite a serious kind of topic that you cover, but yeah. you put some lighthearted stuff in there to make it, you know, not, I don't know what the, the right word would be, but you know. Yeah. It's not abrasive. It's like, yeah, Oh my yeah. God, you like just did a song about, um, you know, domestic abuse. Yeah. And it's 100% very much against domestic abuse, 100%. but I didn't hold up a sign that just says don't beat girls, you know? Yeah. So, um, the same is true with on the new record. We have a song called hello anxiety and anxiety yeah. is something that I deal with and talk about quite a lot. And uh, it unfortunately has has found its way into so many of us. So, you know, it was probably time to approach it from a song's perspective. But I didn't want to do it from like a ballads perspective of like, yeah. you know, oh, man, I'm anxious. You know, my life sucks. I lost this. And, you know, this is this is what it's done to me. Instead, it was like, let's do it from a from a bowling pursuits perspective where we're just like, all right, I guess this is how we're starting our day today, you know? And so, yeah, I, I, um, I, I definitely, and especially in, you know, the, the last few records, I, I'm not really that worried about, about talking about a sensitive subject because I, I, I feel like that there's a way that we can do it to where it doesn't come, you know, again, I mean, we're not, look, I like my, my chemical romance, but we can't, we couldn't approach life things the way that they do that wouldn't make any sense for us to present it that way. Yeah. So, you know, that we have our way of doing it. And in the same way, you know, talking about the kind of comedy thing, you also have many mentions and tips of the hats to certain celebrities. Obviously there's the Alexa, uh, sorry, Alexa Bliss song, yep. um, Val Kilmer, obviously all the name mentions in uh, High School Never Ends. Mm-hmm. Um, have there been any at least that you know of where the, the, you know, these celebrities know about these songs that you've written. And obviously Alexa Bliss was part of the sure. video and stuff. But, uh, and I think I heard about a story that you had with Val Kilmer on a talk show. And he, he said that he heard the song, but he very clearly. Yeah. Didn't. He hadn't heard it. Yeah. We gave him the CD and then, uh, Jimmy Kimmel was like, uh, you know, Hey, you know, these guys have a song called Val Kilmer. Have you heard it? He goes, yeah, it's great. <laughs> And then uh, it was like, uh oh, you know, he had his son there and his son was a fan. And I was a little bit worried about that one because I said that he sucked as Batman and I had never actually seen that 
he's not going to hear this, but he's, it is yeah. probably the worst Batman I've seen. <laughs> yeah, I guess he, I guess you know that seems to be consensus. But yeah. uh, you know, he's a fine actor in other movies. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, I, I I can't really think of any of the celebrities that I've mentioned that. But there's definitely ones where I I hope that they have. You know, like I I hope that. Reese Witherspoon knows that I think she's the prom queen and I think that holds up, you know, and, uh, and I can only hope that some of them have heard the references. Pretty sure Brad Pitt has to have heard the new song for sure. I mean, I don't know how he couldn't have. If he hasn't, where's he been? Yeah, exactly. What has he been doing? Doesn't he just Google himself to see what people are doing? You know, (laughs) exactly. I mean, I definitely consider, you know, Bone for Soup as one of the, you know, the, the absolute pop punk mainstays of that, you know, that boom that we got at the end of the 1990s, the start of the 2000s, Blink-182, Offspring, Green Day, all that kind of stuff. You. you know, you, you're approaching 30-year mark as, as a band, and you've still managed to main, maintain so such a consistent back catalogue and fan base is growing, especially over here in the UK. What do you think it is about you guys as a band that you've been able to do that for nearly three decades now? Well, first of all, it's a testament to just our fans in general for flying the flag and you know, for, you know, the, just a constant and consistent support, you know, we're very, very lucky in that regard that it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's crazy to me that, you know, there are just so many people who have listened to our band for, for so very long. You know, I think the other thing is, is that with us, you know, what you're going to get, you know, um, I think with some of the, some of the other names that you've mentioned, you know, they've managed to like go out on different paths and do different things very successfully, you know, some 41, you know, almost basically turning into a metal band, but doing it very, very well. And obviously, the the different versions of Blink One Eighty Two that are out there, and they they've still managed to be great as well. With Bowling for Soup, I think you just know what you're going to get. You know, it's um, we are who we are, and we understand where our place and all of that is. You yeah. know, and I think Newfound Glory kind of does that too. Like, I think they're they're pretty much like, hey. We sound like Newfound Glory, and, yeah. and we're we're you know Bowling for Soup. We we sound like Bowling for Soup. So, I think other bands have have strayed and either come back or or done something else and done it really really well. But either way, um, we've always just stayed the course. And I think uh, part of what makes our band have the longevity that we do is that I feel like people even before social media was as big as it is now felt like they knew us because we're just normal. We're just regular dudes. And, um, there's just, there's, we don't really have like a quirky guy or a mysterious guy, you know, like it's just a bunch of dudes that you feel like, you know, and you're just like, yeah, they just happen to play in a band and I pay money to go see them every once in a while. So, you know, but yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much it is that, you know, same reason I like, I love bad religion is, you know, if if I want to listen to bad religion, I don't even need to be selective as far as songs go. You just put it on and, it, and yeah. it's all that gives you that same feeling. I think it's a, a testament to you guys because, of course, it's really great when bands experiment and it works well and, you know, they go these different routes, kind of like you've said. But it's equally as talented and, and impressive to kind of stick to what you know, but, you know, keep it fresh and not yeah. repeating the same thing over and over again, which I think, you know, right. my guys managed to do. You have to find different ways to talk about shit, you know, like you yeah. can't, you know, it's funny. It's like, uh, high school never ends made sense to write in 2005, you know, yeah. but that really wouldn't make sense right now. And it's funny. I think I wrote this song called Dear Megan Fox back in the day and I didn't put it on the album because I thought that's going to seem kind of creepy 
because I'm so much older than her. And yeah. now I like look back, I'm like, not really that much older than her. I guess it just seemed like it at the time. Yeah. You know, so perspective and things change as far as songs are concerned and stuff. So, you know, there's um, there's certain things that you can get get away with when you're young and then you sort of adapt and you go. But, you know, the really the thing is just write, writing about what you know and, and what's happening in your life and, and uh, trying to make it to where it fits into the majority of your fan base. And, yeah. um, you know, like I said, the new Bowling for Soup record is very retrospective in, uh, you know, we have a song called Greatest of All Time and a song called Wouldn't Change a Thing and a song called After All These Beers. And all of those songs are very much like, hey, you know, I love my band and I yeah. freaking never want to be in another band. And, you know, it's, it's very much like a love, a Bowling for Soup love fest for about yeah. half the record. Well, I did have a, a quick listen to the the record. I've listened to it maybe two or three times. I really love the opener, uh, greatest of all time. And I especially like the. I can't remember the line specifically, but it's you. You're calling out about how you got two awards from the same magazine. Yeah, yes, yeah, so the same photos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The story of that is is that Kerrang magazine did a photo shoot with us, and in it, uh, we were naked in my kitchen. Right. <laughs> um, and and then twenty years later, they gave us the. We were the second stupidest band ever in between Motley Crue and Slipknot. And one of the reasons and the photo that they used was because we did a naked photo shoot in my kitchen. And uh, so, yeah, we um, we definitely point that out. I'm hoping yeah. that, that that finds the ears of those responsible for that and they can have a laugh about yeah. that. So what is your kind of opinion on the, the pop punk scene as it, as it looks like today? I'm a fan. I'm not a MGK hater. I think... Um, you know, I think he's in it for the right reasons. I just think that there's a machine behind him that people might not like. I think he 100% made a pop punk record because he loves the genre. Um, and I think that's evident in who he chose to work with and, you know, John Philbin and, and Travis Barker. You really just don't get more pop punk than that. You know, I think uh, there are just so many, so many new bands that are coming up. And then I like the resurgence of the old, of the, uh, of the guys from our, our class as well, you know, I mean, some yeah. 41 coming out with a double record and uh, newfound glory just did a great tour with simple plan, simple plan coming back out again soon. I mean, we, the Kings are back in the studio, you know, just, there's a whole bunch, you know, I just think it's in a good spot. And like I said, there's a whole new fan base that's, that's yeah. privy to it. And then there's a nostalgic, nostalgic aspect of it to, to a lot of people too, where it's just like, you know, and, and it doesn't hurt my feelings. I think a lot of people are uncomfortable to say to me, like, dude, like you're all I listened to in junior high, you know, and now I've got seven kids. Like that does yeah. not bother me. That makes me feel very happy. You know, yeah. I, I'm very glad that we were there for, for them during that time. And so, um, you know, the main thing is, is that um, all of all of this is all just driving people to the genre, and I think it all helps. It's it's funny. I, people are like just what you, what do you think of uh, Machine Gun Kelly? I'm like, I think I haven't listened to his new record. I think his last record's great. Uh, my wife loves it. Yeah, and my my Spotify streams are up. So let's go. <laughs> <laughs> True. Like what they say, um, rising tide raises all boats. Sure. I mean, yeah. that's just it. It's like I've just never been a fan of even really. I don't really even understand why people take so much time to put negative things into the world or onto the internet or just into the air. Like it's, that just takes so much effort and there's so much thought involved where you could put something 
that's nice out there with so much less effort. It's you know, you ever notice that it's easier to word a nice email than it is a mean one, you know? And and you know, or you know, it's and the same is true with just posting. It's like, you know, you, it's so much easier just to say you don't like that to say say that you like something or just not fucking say anything at all, yeah. you know? Like I, and you know, obviously I I everybody needs to have their own opinion as far as music is, music is concerned, but I just feel like some of these, some of the gatekeepers on some of the genres is just silly. You know, when yeah. some seventeen-year-old kids telling me what pop punk is, like I'm just like you. You don't know who the fuck you're talking to. Like, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm I'm in this, dude. You know. Um, so yeah, man. I I just think you know I'm I'm just happy that uh, that people are still getting exposed to the genre. I'm happy that people are going to the shows, and um, I hope more comes. TikTok especially helps as well. Like, there's a big resurgence of pop punk yeah. there, and the the younger uh, fans coming in from there as well. For sure, yeah. The uh, yeah, I mean, I I love the whole "I'm just a kid" movement. So great, everything yeah. is awesome. Yeah, and there's loads of those um like emo and pop punk challenges where they go through like different tracks and stuff. And... For sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, you know, you, talking about that, like obviously you've got this solo album, you've got Bone for Soup, you're a producer, you've done voiceovers and stuff you know you've got kind of like 50 billion different hats on the go how do you manage your time to be able to kind of like balance all these different outlets you've got going on uh it's not the easiest thing in the world i uh i i will say that like for the first time in my life i'm i feel a little overextended coming off of a two-year like just begging for something to do but I'm super happy about that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I hate that there's some things that I say I'm going to do and it takes me a while to get to it. You know, there's some feature stuff that I have owed people some songs for a while and I just, they're just not an, enough hours in the day. But, you know, I just, I have to sort of barrel through, go as, as bet do the best I can with the time that I have. And I, you know, all while making sure that I'm taking care of my family and making sure that I, you know, see my kids and, and spend time with my wife and, you know, pet my dogs and, you know, those things. So, yeah. uh, it's not the easiest juggle in the world, but I will say another thing about me is that I don't, I don't really have any hobbies making music and, and creating things is really my hobby. So I'm I, that, you know, this is how I spend my time. Yeah. If I'm not spending time with my, my family, you know, yeah. this is what I'm doing. So, yeah. uh, it, it all, it all works out, but yeah, I, I definitely, towards the end of quarantine had to start saying, okay, well, I guess I'm I, I, now I don't do this anymore. Like I don't manage bands anymore and I don't write songs for things that aren't my own stuff, you know, for, for now. And, yeah. you know, kind of just cap a few things. Yeah. Um, and that's helped a little, but yeah, I stay busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the pandemic's kind of helped people put things into perspective as in what to prioritize and what not to, because, some you know something like that comes along and then we don't really get a choice to do something sometimes that's true absolutely yeah at 100 percent. so you know we talked about it before you've got you know nearly 30 years going as a band mm-hmm. coming up to your 11th studio album you've had a grammy nomination you've done multiple tours across the world performed at some of the biggest rock festivals in the world millions of album sales all massive milestones that not many bands you can say hit what is the next milestone for Bowling for Soup? Man, I, that's very hard. You know, I there was a few years ago where I said, you know, I don't really necessarily have to accomplish anything else. You know, yeah. I feel like we've done it. 
you know, you know, there's things that I would like to do. I'd like to tour Brazil. You know, I'd, you know, I'm excited to celebrate 30 years, but I'm not in any hurry, you know, but as you said, we're just so lucky in that. It's like the whole thing where somebody asked me, like, if you could pinpoint one highlight, it's like, how could I, you know, how, what do you say when, you know, on January 7th, 2003, you're nominated for a Grammy and your first child is born? Like, you know, and, and I've got 10 of 10 days like that that have happened yeah. to me, you know, so yeah. uh, it's very hard. I, you know, I, I will just say this. I'm, I'm content in all that we've accomplished and all the things that we've done. And, and uh, man, I just hope that we can continue to play music and tour and put music out and just, uh, you know, as long as we can just stay doing what we're doing i am very very happy well, i think you've got no problem doing that i mean this the new album is fantastic thanks man essentially the best one you've ever done i i uh, thank you for saying that it's it, that's a really hard thing because i think a lot of bands come out and go i think this is our best album ever and i've kind of only done that twice in the past i think that this one is going to be one that people are going to go, you know what, this might be as good as my favorite Bowling for Soup record, if not my favorite. So I appreciate you saying that. Man. I'd be surprised if many people didn't say that, I promise you. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thanks very um, much. As, as a band who's like walked the walk, what would you say to a new band starting out today? What advice would you give? What would be the, the number one tip? Uh, number one tip is um, make music for you. You know, make, make me, and, and by you, I mean you and your band and, and, you know, be brothers, brothers and sisters first, you know, you, you know, because I don't think that I've ever seen any people more miserable than bands that don't like each other. I think that there's just a misery there that is just, you know, I guess it'd be like staying in a bad marriage. Only you yeah. have to be in the same 10 foot space all of the time. So I would say, do what you love with the people that you love and, um, shake every single or fist bump every single fist you can and just be a good person wise words jared wise words um thank you again for your time i'm gonna let you go now and enjoy the rest of your day uh before i do anything else you want to say anything you want to plug uh well we will be obviously uh in the uk soon for uh with with our buddies lit and the dolly rots on a tour we'll be back in may for another tour uh acoustic wise and uh jared ray reddick just woke up is out now and bowling for soup pop drunk snot bread coming out april 22nd so thank you guys a busy busy 22 for you <laughs> busy 22 for me man i wouldn't have it any other way well thanks again for your time uh like I said, i'm gonna let you go and um yeah take care of yourself and good luck with the tour thanks zach see you soon man and that's it thank you so much for listening to this episode of it's not a phase Again, if you liked it, please consider supporting the podcast in any way that you can, whether that be a review wherever you listen to this, joining the Patreon community, picking up some merch, or just following us on social media. Any support, no matter how big or small, really does help. There's a new episode coming every Thursday, so be sure to follow, and you can also subscribe to the newsletter on itsnotaphase.co.uk. That's itsnotaphase.co.uk. Thanks again. Stay safe and remember, it's not a phase, it's a lifestyle.